move to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We have been through two chapters. We kind of went through these two chapters uh, kind of quick. I, I'm, I'm not going to say too quick, but we went through them, them quickly. But, but I believe we grasped the experiences of this wise, this wealthy, and this powerful man Solomon and his experiment to, to, find, to find what, to make him feel like, like he's just got it and he where, he's where he needs to be. He looked to the things of the world to feel like he's got everything in place and, 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 and he's content and things are going as he wants them. He, he ventured out into happiness and laughter, just an akuna matata, no worries, be happy kind of life. And, and just tunnel vision, I guess, against trying to block out the negative stuff and everything's great and I'm laughing everything off and having a good time. And I actually had a teenager uh, in, in a youth group one time and, and that, that's, that, was their, that was their aim, you know, nothing's negative, everything's positive, everything's great. And the, they didn't, that teenager didn't find contentment there, and neither did Solomon. He tried wine, he tried alcohol in an experiment to see if, well, today we would say, he would say, if it's everything the commercials about it say it is, wow, it looks like everybody's having a good time and they couldn't be happier and things are great, but wine didn't work for him. He tried work. He, he got obsessed with, with his work, and, and that didn't do it for him either. He tried all sorts of wild living, and he says there's nothing to that. There, there's nothing to going anywhere in the world to, to have that solid completeness that you're looking for as a person. The world can't supply it. The world can't do it. You might as well be playing tag with the wind. How about that? Chasing the wind. Letting the wind chase you. That makes about as much sense as going to the world to try to be satisfied in life. And, and he goes on to speak of life and death and everything he's leaving behind, and he's worked hard, and he's leaving it to someone else. And, 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 and let's understand, as we've already said, this is uh, man's under the sun perspective of things. And the idea of living, dying, being forgotten. So what is life all for? Why, why is life even worth a living? And now we get into chapter 3. And after an experimentation, we have an observation. We have the highs and the lows of life that we're going to look at here. In our ever-changing lives, there's some things that we wish would not change in life. But life is ever-changing in every way. We consider... So many things in life and how things change. We consider the highs, we consider the lows, and, and we have to come to this place where we realize that these things are out of our control. 
We, you know, we can be control freaks, but it doesn't do any good to try to take that position when we can't control things in life. They're out of our control. There are 28 events that we're going to look at in the next several verses, and they are paired up by way of 14 contrasts. We would look at some of them as positive, half of them as positive, and we would look at half of them as negative. But we're going to find that God is at work in every one of these things. God is at work uh, in the highs of life, on the mountaintop of these things in life. And God is at work in the valleys of life. And He is in control of every single one of them. And so, we'll draw the right conclusion as we share God's Word and not take up man's point of view, but God's point of view on these things. Man's point of view, when he looks at these 14 contrasts, man under the sun might be, I should have things better in life. God should do something better for me. But that's a dead-end road. It's a dead-end thought process. Everything we're about to share, it's to be expected in life. We're not excited about some of these things. We, We don't look forward to having to go through them. But to expect these things in life, is the way that, that we all need to be. Every single one of us need to expect every single one of these things in life. We're all exposed to both sides of these 14 contrasts, these 28 events. You know, if we believe that our happiness depends on avoiding what we would call the negative side of these things, we're, we're never going to be happy. We're never going to be happy because they're not going to be dodged. We, we shouldn't have that attitude about these things. We're, we're never going to, to have this completeness that, that God is talking about and getting us to in His Word as we look at these things. Uh, because all of these experiences are coming. They've, they've come for a lot of us. We're, a lot of us are dealing with something. I have no idea what all. We're not going to share all 14 of them tonight, just a few. And, and I don't know if, you know, some here may be going through some of these things. But, but sooner or later, we're all going to experience these things. And if we will get in sync with God's timing and... God's promise, God's truth, through the various seasons of life, expecting these things, then we're going to be able to have a meaningful life. The whys, the the frets, the complaints of things that come into the life, that God has told us there is a season for these things, that, that's never going to bring about a, a, a meaningful life. There's going to be a meaningless life if we just ask why and fret over everything that happens. Spe- people spend their lives 
wishing and hoping for the half of these events, the lower side of these events, if you will, just to go away. And it's vanity to do so because they're coming and, and they're going to happen. And so in saying that, may we read this first verse that we have read before, but may we do so with, with such an open heart to accept all things and, and trust God through all of these things, maybe more than we ever have before as we read. So look, look in verse 1. It says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. There are four seasons that we go through. Well, okay, we don't, we don't really have four seasons here. That's what we get blamed for. But other places, there are four seasons. And just the same way, we have different seasons of life that we face and that we go through. The beginning of them and the end of them and everything along the way, it's no accident. They are divinely timed to come into our lives. They happen. They are appointed times for you and I. All of these seasons of life, they do not begin by accident. There is a certain time for these events to be happening in our lives. We will do well to expect them and to adjust to them. How, how do we do that? Well, we, we look at God's Word and we see what the seasons of life entail for every single one of us. We believe God, we believe it's coming, and, and we expect these things to, to happen in our lives. And we prepare by the Word of God for these things to happen. When is a certain season going to begin in our life. It's going to begin on a certain day in our lives. We never know when we wake up what day we're going to enter into a new season of life, something that changes our lives in, in many ways. There's a certain time for these events of life to happen. There's a certain time for them to start. And, and we can be prepared with the Lord and have a help to be ready for these things. There's, there's no way to strong arm the things of life from happening. There's, there's no way to deter it. There's no way to stop it. There's no way to reduce it. It's going to happen. Some of these things are very delightful. We will come into some great blessings. They are, they are blessings on the surface. They appear as blessings. They're initially blessings. They are blessings and they are things delightful. God gives good things to His children. And we're, go, we're going to wake up on some amazing days into a brand new event of life that is great. But there's not only things that are delightful, there are things that are also difficult that you and I are going to face. It's, it's coming, and, and difficult things that are, are going to happen. There will even be devastating things that we're going to face, but they, they all have a season. 
God lets us know that they have a season in our lives. There is a time for every one of them. They are within the plan of God for our lives. How are we going to respond to them? You know, that's, that's going to make things a little worse or that's going to, to help us uh, along the way. You know, the, the difficult things that happen, this is a fallen world. And some things are going to just come tumbling down upon us. God's not going to appoint them. God's not going to cause some of these things. But because this is a fallen world, some of these things are going to hit us. They're going to come upon our lives, and God is going to allow these things. There are other things that He is going to appoint. He appoints the delightfulness. He appoints the blessings that we're going to experience. He appoints some burdens. He doesn't appoint anything to hurt us just to hurt us. God's not mean. If something initially hurts us, Believe me, it's going to end up being good. God's going to be working good through the difficult things of life. But whatever it is, whether He causes it, whether He allows it, whether He appoints it, make no mistake about it, nothing happens outside the sovereignty of God. There's no oops with God. Nothing happens in our lives and it occurs to God after it happens in our lives. It occurs uh, long... It it never occurs to God. He's always known about it. He's not restricted by time. He knows all things. He knows about them. And He knows how He can use all things for good in our lives. He can turn difficulty into delight as He works in our lives. God is always good. He is good to us. And God is in control. He's in control of all things. If we believe that, if we, if we believe God and we take Him at His word, and we live by faith, And we cooperate with God. We don't fret and we don't fight, but we cooperate with God through all of the events of life. Then then He's going to bless us through, through the business of life that we deal with. If we don't live by faith, we will always be trying to scheme. Warren Wiersbe said, the opposite of faith is scheming. And so, and so if we don't take God at His word, we're not living by faith, we're not trusting Him, and, and, and something comes into our life, let's say on, from man's perspective, the negative side, we're going to try to scheme around it, we're going to try to scheme out of it, we're going to f- try to fret and to squirm, to, to, to dip and to dodge what's coming our way, we're going to dread these things that are coming our way. Somebody said, don't dread Mondays. It's a seventh of your life. We will, look, we will dread things that God says, I'm telling you, there is a season for it. And you can trust God through it. He's doing good in all things. Faith, is so important. To live by faith is so important. To come to faith in Jesus Christ, what a wonderful thing happens when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. 
And then it's so very important to grow in faith. The Bible tells us we can grow. As, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The more of the word of God we grow. Peter says to grow in grace. It's so important that we grow as children of God because the seasons of life are coming. And as, and as I listen to wiser, older people in my life, they say that there's some tougher things coming in life. And so, so as we go, we, it's very important that we grow every day. It's important for our everyday life. We don't know when the events of life will begin. We don't know about tomorrow. God does. God knows our tomorrow. He knows what's on the schedule every day. He's in control the Bible says that He doeth all things well. Do we believe that? Are we trusting Him? Are we living by faith? What will be the evidence of that? All the things that come into our life, through the seasons of our lives, we're going to be able to trust Him in those. We're going to be able to cooperate with God. And we're, we're, we're going to be able to keep on. We're not going to stop. I'm not going to go into events that come to my mind of Christians who are laid by the wayside right now because something happened in this family's life and, and this family's at home now and they're not serving the Lord anymore because of a season of their life that God allowed, that, that God appointed into their life. And he needs, to be, he needs to be trusted so that we can keep on going. So let's apply, let's apply this. That there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Look in verse 2 and let's start with the first contrast and let us look at the boundaries we're given on life. There's a time to be born and a time to die. God knows the time of our birth, and God knows the time of our death. Very simple. You didn't need to say that, Brother Kenneth. We, we know that. We, we know this. Just think about how clueless we are of that. You know, there was a time it was just my wife and I. The, the family consisted of the two of us. On a weeknight, we would drive 25 miles away to her favorite restaurant just because it was just the two of us and we had all that time to do that. You know, we would, we would drive to the Galleria to the only Krispy Kreme donuts there was in the late 90s just because it was just the two of us and we had the time and we weren't changing diapers and, and we could do that. I don't make that point to to want to be an empty nester again or anything like that and go back to that, I make that point to, to just, I think about that time and it's like, wow, my kids weren't born yet. And, and back then when we got married, I, I couldn't have told you, well, and I think in about three years we're going to have our first child come along. And then about seven and a half years later, yeah, that's when our next, clueless of that, had no idea 
when those things were going to happen. I couldn't predict the birth of our kids. I can't explain the birth of a child. I can't explain a child growing in the womb. And, and Solomon goes on to talk about that kind of stuff in the 11th chapter. We, we just don't know these things. We can't explain these things. We don't know when death is coming. We don't know when birth is coming. We don't know when death is coming, but God does. And God has, an appoint, God has appointed it. It's appointed unto man wants to die. But, but also the appointed time. We, all, we obviously know that He knows when that's going to happen. Life and death. Being born and dying. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. You know, this, this contrast, it's, it's not much of a contrast for the Christian because the Bible says to die is gain. I mean, a child of God enters the kingdom of heaven when that happens. The Son of God suffered death so that we could simply pass through it, continuing into everlasting life. One, I believe, I, I wish not, but I'm afraid, one unsaved man saw his righteous mother live a wonderful life for the Lord, and then sickness and pain came toward the end of her life. And he said, what's it all for? And... I don't think it was the time or the moment for me to say anything in such an emotional situation, but, I mean, the, the quick answer that came to my mind was, hey, heaven, that, that's what it's all about. That's where she has gone. Heaven is the answer. There's a time to be born and a time to die, and for the children of God, the dying is gain. And you might say this is the seasons of life. You've just covered the seasons of life right here. And in one way we have covered the seasons of life already. But we see a few seasons in life as we continue in verse 2. There's a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. And, and so we might think of work for a food supply that, that takes place. And not only that, when the work is to happen. You know, there's, there's no planting in the winter. As we don't have true seasons, somebody, maybe Brother Terry or Brother Nolan might challenge me on that. Maybe they plant a little something in the winter, and here it survives. But there's no planting in a true winter. There's no planting in the snow. Somebody can't plant and work anytime they want. You know, you think of the field and you think of the harvest, you think of the, the seed planting and then, then the reaping of the, of the crop. And it, it's, not just, it's not by man's hand. And man can't do it anytime he wants. God has made the seasons. There is a time for that, a time appointed for, for, to God for that. And, and so there's no planting when there's snow on the ground. Someone who plants the seed, they, they work hard, but not when they want to. They work in the season that God has designed for the planting so that the plucking up can happen. If we were to want to liken this to, to our lives, it, it reminds me of a conversation between two construction workers 
One was in his young 20s, and he was complaining about work. He was tired and just complaining about work. And the man he was working with had worked all of his life in the field, and he was getting ready to retire. And that man just looked at him and said, Work while you can. There's a season for it all. We, if, if that young man wanted something to pluck up when he retires, he needs to do some planning right now while he can and work hard while he can. We must be in line with the seasons that God has appointed for us to plant if we want to pluck up. <clears throat> Verse 3, a time to kill and a time to heal. You know, I, I listen to some preachers and it's like I could listen to them for hours. And everything sounds so sweet. They're, they're not prosperity preachers. However, there's, there's a little dodging that I find of some things in the Bible. There's some commentators who are great commentators, but they have dodged this, this contrast of a time to kill and a time to heal. They dodged it smoothly. They said something about it, but, but there was nothing really there once you, once you went to move on from what they had to say. But, but God says within these seasons, there is a time for these things, and there is a time to kill and a time to heal. And so let's, let's look at this for a minute. We're going to talk about wars in, a, in another verse down the road. So I don't want to talk too much about wars, but, but there have been wars in the Bible over the past hundred years. There have been wars in the lands concerning this country uh, throughout all the world. And, and, and there is a death penalty that is established. And there's a biblical backing for it. And there's no other way to spin Romans chapter 13 and verses 1 through 4. I'm going to go ahead and read it because there, there may be someone listening online, maybe someone here that has a question about it. But Romans 13 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. The, the execution of, of some murderers, some, some murderers and some, some criminals, uh, uh, saves a lot of lives. No, no one loves these times. No one loves these seasons. No one looks forward to these seasons out of hatred, out of revenge, out of being vindictive, or anything like that. But nevertheless, there is a time for it. There is never an ordained time for murder, taking innocent life wrongfully, but the time for killing. What happened in Noah's day? 
and other things that could be mentioned. Then and now, God is not on the outside looking in on the boundaries of life and death as we're seeing them here though. He is at work in every aspect of lives, in every event. There's a time to kill, there's, there's a time to heal. God heals and we give glory to God. Speak, speaking of that time to kill, as far as a time to heal, I, be, I believe there have been many on death row who have made professions of faith in Jesus Christ and they were real. And they went to heaven. And they're in heaven forever with the, with the Lord God. But in biblical times, you think of the olive oil. You think of, you think of these things that were used as a medicine to, to be able to heal. They, Paul said, drink a little wine for the, for the stomach's sake, for medicinal purposes. Today we have Welch's 100% purple grape juice, though. We don't need that now. But, so, so they had these things that were used as medicines to heal. And today, God has provided hospitals and doctors and medicine, and there are constant advancements that God is using for others to be, to be healed. God's hand is upon the medical field, in, in spite of what some doctors are thinking or trying to do. God's hand's upon it for His children. God heals in the appointed season. And if you look with me at the end of verse 3, we see a time to break down and a time to build up. Man, things, things are just going to change in this world. You know, we kind of get sentimental over things. I drive by my childhood home, the house where, well, I was born in a hospital, but I lived in the same house from that time until I was 16 years old. I drive by it. It's different. The neighborhood's different. Uh, everything has completely changed. People, you know, we kind of get sentimental to things in this world. Things change in life. I Shelly and I drive down the road, and then there's a pile of dirt, and she said that there was a building where my, where, where my friend's mom worked in for years and years. We used to go up there, and now it's just flattened to the ground. My son and I, we, we go sell fundraiser every, every year. We, we, you know, we don't do that stuff at, at the church while church is going on, maybe, maybe outside, but I just go through the neighborhood. Uh, I don't even go on my block. I don't want my neighbors boarding up the doors when I come over. So we go throughout the neighborhood and we go through these houses that are built in the 60s and 70s and all of a sudden we come across this new house. We go there every year because he buys a lot. We, we don't do that to everybody, but man, he's just great to buy something every year. But that's not the point. point is we come across this new house in the middle of these old houses so... If you know me, you know I've got to ask, what's, what's your story? And the man says, we looked everywhere for a plot of land. We wanted to build a house, and I couldn't find any place better than the block I live on. So I tore my house down, and I built a new one. It took me over a year to build the new house, he said, and my old house got tore down in about three hours. You know, the, these things happen. There's a, there's a time there's a time to break down and a time to build up. It's that way with buildings. It's that way with our bodies. There's a time that they build up and then there's a time that they break down. You know, some people are trying to do everything to... You know, it's good to stay healthy, 
But I, and I'm just not going to the details of some extremes that people go through, but the Bible says the outward man perish, but the inward man is renewed day by day. Let me just say this. Some people are working on the wrong side. Some people are focused on the outside, and they're not being renewed inside. There's a, there's a time... There's a time to break down, and there's a time to build up. And it's all in the carrying out of God's plan. And it's best if we accept these things. And then we're going to, we're probably going to stop on this one tonight at the beginning of verse 4. There is a time to weep and a time to laugh. There is a season for weeping. That I don't know about you, but that helps me. There, there's things that we have lost weight over due to not trying to, but due to a, a hurt or a struggle that we're going through in life. And we, we can probably all recall our times of weeping. Maybe they have been very recent in our lives. They're coming in the future too. You know, sometimes we laugh hysterically. Thank God for a good laugh. But sometimes we pour tears and we cry out in hurt. And where we love one and we don't seem to very, be very fond of the other or the thought of the other coming, they're both appointed by God. And God is doing something good in both of these seasons. The high season, if you will, and the low season. When we're on the mountaintop, he's, He does some restoring, and He does some strengthening, and He, he gives us some help. And, but He's doing a lot of good things in the valley as well in our lives. Both of these times are appointments that God has made for our lives, and we need them both. We, we not only need them, we, on our part, we need to accept these things. We need to be content with what God appoints ultimately, trusting Him that these things are for our good. We're learning in both cases. God is molding His children in both cases. These things are connected, by the way. You know, there is a saying that has always made sense to me, and that is we can never know true joy until we've first known true sorrow. And there is, whatever the case, there is definitely something very important about both of these seasons of life. It, we're going to enter these seasons of life on different events we go through. We weep at a funeral. We rejoice when a child is born. By the way, these two overlap. So many times life is given into a family, new life is given into a family when one life moves on to heaven. And, and so these things really connect. We weep over unsaved souls, but we rejoice over the soul that comes to know Jesus Christ 
as their Lord and Savior. Some get embarrassed. Some say, what are people going to think of me? Some people say, I don't want that image of me. And then, and then all of a sudden they're blasted in their heart by the truth of their need of Jesus. And, and they call out to Jesus and make a decision to trust Him, to be saved. And, and, and all of the pride that says, I don't want people thinking this and that about me, everybody's rejoicing over that lost soul that realizes their need to be saved. We, we wouldn't choose the things that we weep over, but God is at work while we're weeping. He is at work for our good. I believe it's the 56th verse of the Psalms, and the, I mean the 56th chapter and the 8th verse that says all of our tears are stored in a bottle. He, he knows every single one of them. None of them hit the floor without God grabbing them and knowing them and keeping these things in a ledger. And we look back on those times later and we see that in our response how, how our walk is with God, how we're depending upon the Lord as we should in those times of weeping. We, we, we savor those times, actually, once they're gone and we look back. And we see the recovery that we've been able to make, and the only answer for it is the Lord working in our lives to help us to make that recovery and to give us an experience that we'll never forget. And for every season that we face moving forward, shame on us if we don't see that, that what God brings us to, He will bring us through. We can trust Him through the seasons of weeping. God is so good to us in the season of weeping as well as in a time to laugh. And, and we're going to stop here tonight, but what are the thoughts that, that we have? We, we hear about something that happens in life and we make these absolute definite conclusions to how we would react to them. Well, I could never make it through something like that. I hope I never go through something like that in my life. If, if this happens to me, I am just absolutely done. Well, we, we think that, we can think that way, but then we look at how God has let us know that there is an appointed time to every season that we go through. He has appointed these things. He is always good, and He is doing good in our lives, in and through every season, to everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Remember that we're going to have a counselor meeting next door right after Bible study. God bless you all for being here. We're just going to cut this off tonight and we're going to pick up, not next Wednesday, next Wednesday will be VBS. We will pick up in two weeks where we left off here. And uh, I'd like to ask our deacon, Brother Rick Morris, if he will close our Bible study in a word of prayer. One more thing, if you are missing some keys, please uh, come get them up here tonight. God bless you all.